Well, welcome everyone to our third episode yeah. of season two of the UVU Review Quickfire Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Creer, joined by my good friend, Tanner Heath. What's up, guys? We are back after another week off. We have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time, so let's get after it. We're going to go quick, hence the name of the podcast. For our first segment, the UVU Review, we're going to start off with men's soccer. They just had an overtime loss to UC Irvine um, here at home. Lost on a golden goal in overtime, corner kick. Were you there, Tanner? Uh, no, I was not there. I got there right at the end of the game. Uh, I just missed it, so that was a bummer. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I missed that. How do you though. show up late to a 90 minute game? Well, I was planning on getting to the women's game right on time, and uh, yeah, that happened. And then the men's game was going on. Yeah, it was okay, still going. That makes so. sense. Yeah, they lost in overtime. They're going to head on the road to play Santa Clara and number six St. Mary's in Las Vegas. Um. Their current record, from what I remember, I believe they're two, two, and one. Yeah, they're two, two, and one. They've tied one, lost two, one, two. They've been decent. They've been decent. Um, they're getting ready to play in the whack, and it kind of feels like that's the thing about preseason soccer is it's really hard to make generalizations based off the entire preseason. Um, but do you have any initial thoughts on the team, things that they need to work on, maybe things that they're already good at? Um, I mean, they're looking really similar to how they were going into conference play last year. They were about even on the season. Um, and towards the beginning of conference play is where they really caught fire. I think last year they won six games in a row or went six games in a row without a loss at least. And I just have a feeling that's how they're going to continue to play uh, heading into conference play. So, Yeah, I think they'll be... Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been overly impressed. Um but they've been good. They've been they've been a good team. They've been fun to watch. Um I think one of the things that make them a little bit more exciting to watch is if they had more shots on goal. Um it kind of seems like they really struggle. Um uh, they play good defense. Yeah. They're a good defensive team. Uh, they just need to work on that offensive aspect of it, getting it more in the box, getting more shots on goal. Um Getting their guys more opportunities to get good shots on goal. Yeah, and they have they have they have great uh, forwards and midfielders to do so. It's just trying to create open space, trying to like you said, get into the box more often to get those open shots. Uh, and I think they'll be able to do that just continually as the the season continues to progress. Like I said, they they set themselves up to to be able to play well coming into whack play here. Yeah, I think they'll do a good decent job. Moving forward to the game that Tanner. Was in attendance. I was I was here for this game. Women's soccer took on BYU. Was it last night? Or the night before? Monday night. Yeah. Monday night. Yeah. Um lost. One to zero. One to zero. The very end? No, uh the goal wasn't scored by BYU until I can't remember the exact minute. I want to say somewhere on the sixtieth minute. Um and right, I mean, I think it was no more than ten minutes after they scored that goal. Uh, the BYU player received a red card, and they were playing with 10 players, and that's when UVU really turned it on and started attacking. Had a lot of great chances on goal. Uh, a couple of them looked like they were going to get past the goalie. So, I mean, shout out to BYU and their defense and their goalie for being able to come through. Uh, but also shout out to UVU. They played really hard. They played a great game. I mean, the, the game was scoreless at halftime against a team who's number 10 in the nation. Uh, who's already beaten a top 15 team this year in BYU. 
and they kind of came out really nonchalant against UVU and didn't, it seemed like they didn't really respect him a whole lot. Um, especially cause you know, UVU has had two kind of really bad losses already this year. Their first game against Michigan state, a three to one loss. And then last weekend or two weekends ago, uh, on the road, five to zero against Santa Clara. So I can see why, especially cause Santa Clara is a team that's in BYU's conference that BYU is going to be playing here in about a month. And so that'll be a key matchup for them. So they probably looked at that as, hey, we should be able to do the same thing in this team, and UVU wasn't having it. So No, I think you always have to take into account the rivalry aspect of it. And I yeah. think sometimes even teams that may have a talent gap tend to look over their rivals just, I think, by a pure just psychology thing, just we're better than these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I thought the same thing as I looked over the game. I was keeping track of it on my phone, and um, it kind of just felt like BYU, um, yeah, they went in a little bit overconfident. They finally got that goal around minute 60, and then just, man, UVU really had a lot of opportunities, and they just weren't able to execute at the very end. They did have some really close ones. They did. Um, so like you said, shout out to BYU's defense. They, they played a good defensive game at the end, and to play with a player down and be able to take home the win, I think that's a pretty big deal for them. It is. And, I mean, just one more note on UVU is talking to Coach uh, Chris LeMay after the game. He was upset because he knew that they should have had at least a tie in this game, but he was confident in the fact that he thinks his team – is going to be able to come out and continue to play like this. This last Saturday, they were able to hang on and win a, a close game against UTEP on Saturday. And they come out about a little over a day later and play a top 10 team in the nation and play like they did. He feels very confident in his goalkeeper now uh, as she's back from injury. And he feels really confident in his defense. And he knows that eventually the, his 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 midfielders and forwards are going to come through. So they're looking really good for conference play. I, I, I'm confident they're going to play well. Yeah, I think they'll go into their whack play playing a little bit better and Hopefully, like they said, we've discussed this a lot on the podcast. They really just need to hold on to games. That's one of their biggest things is they're just not able to hold on. And so hopefully they can get up, stay up, and keep playing well. All right, moving forward, women's volleyball just got done with a tournament in Hawaii. Uh, They're now 2-8 and after that tournament. They're going to be taking on Utah State and Weber State in the upcoming week. Tanner, a little bit disappointing start for the volleyball team. We thought they were going to be a little bit better than they were. We did, and I think a lot of other people did in the in the WAC as well. I, mean, I can't recall off the top of my head in the coaches' poll, but I believe they were picked in the top three, I believe. I, that's what I thought. I thought they were second um, behind New Mexico State, who beat them in the, in the WAC tournament championship this last year. And you're right. They've been a little disappointing. Now, what they did do, which, which seemed smart at the beginning, was they played in these tournaments against top-ranked teams. Um, I believe they faced three or four teams that are ranked in the top 25 at this point. Um, but they've taken no more than one set in all those games against these ranked teams. Yeah. And so you want to think to yourself, this is going to help prepare them for conference play. But we're not sure on that because the conference is going to be very competitive this year, uh, especially with New Mexico State, who they open up with next Thursday. Yeah, I think that... It's kind of similar to women's soccer, men's soccer, any really preseason sport is it's hard to make generalizations based off of their preseason, but two and eight isn't pretty, No, um, especially for your first 10 games. Uh, I think we were expecting, like I said, a little bit more from the women's volleyball team. They started, they finished off so strong last season uh, with so many of their players um, on the top whack teams, top whack freshman teams. 
Um, so hopefully they can kick it into gear as they get ready to play in their conference. Because like you said, the, the WAC is not an easy conference in women's volleyball, yeah. um, especially with New Mexico State. They're so dominant. And so hopefully they can kick it into gear with these next in-state matchups. Of course, Utah State, Weber State, they're not going to be easy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly be just because Utah schools usually have good women's volleyball teams. Yeah. And so hopefully they're able to kick it back into gear, maybe we can see something a little bit more out of them in their in-state matchups. Yeah, and I mean, I know last year, I believe the final record for them was was 20-14 and 14 overall, and to have more than half those losses in your first 10 games already this year than you did last year, uh, it doesn't look good, but there's always a bright spot going into conference play because you can turn it on and play, you know, a lot better than you did in these preseason games. Because like we said, the, the WAC is a competitive conference. It's not great. But they're there. I mean, it's, it's conference play, and you never know what's going to happen. So, UVU can really turn it on right here, and we hope they do. Yeah. And I'll also to note, I mean, I think your strategy and your coaching change is going into conference play because you know those teams. Yeah. You know how they're coached, you know their strategies, you know their players. You've usually gotten a lot of preseason film on them. And so, hopefully, uh, UVU can go into that a little bit more prepared uh, than they were for their preseason. Mm-hmm. Also, to finish off our UVU review segment, we want to give a quick shout out to Kevin Lynch. Men's cross country team was the WAC cross country men's athlete of the week. Um, he posted the top 8K WAC time at the UC Riverside Invitational. Big race, about 300 participants in that. Um, his uh, top finish, uh, so he ranked fourth. Um, well, he helped the WAC team overall rank fourth. He posted the top WAC time. Mm-hmm. Um, at that race. Yeah. So congratulations to Kevin. Great yeah, performance. Big, yeah, big ups to cross country. Yeah, big ups. All right, moving forward to our most passion-filled segment, the in-state special. We are going to be talking about in-state football, of course, college football for BYU, Utah, and Utah State this upcoming week. Um, of course, we'll go over the previous matchups, except for our friends at Utah State. They gave themselves a little bit of a break mm-hmm. this last week as if Stony Brook wasn't a break enough. So we are going to be moving forward. Tanner, as always, I give you the honors of starting off with BYU football. BYU football. Um, I mean, they had a big, I mean, a relatively big win if you think about the last couple of years for them. Uh, It was the first time they've beaten uh, a Pac, I can't remember the exact stat that I saw, something about how they haven't beaten a Pac-12 team I think since 2009, or at least at home since 2009. I believe it's at home since 2009. Um, so, I mean, a relatively big deal, especially because USC was a hot team in their first two games, put up a lot of points. Uh, I believe they put up close, to, I believe they put up over 34 points in both their first two games, which got them to a ranked spot going into BYU. Uh, they all time were undefeated against BYU in three or four games. And so for BYU to come back in that game, down a couple times to send it in overtime and to win a consecutive overtime game. Uh, it's a big momentum booster for them, especially because of the way they've, they've been kind of talked down on, especially after they lost to Utah. Uh, a lot of people expected them to most likely go 1-3 and three or 0-4 uh, oh in their first four games. It didn't, it didn't look great after that, after that Utah game, and we agreed on that. So both sides of the ball have picked it up. I know the defense has struggled a little bit, but in the in the overtime, both the overtimes, they won it for that team essentially. Yeah. So the defense has has made it count when they need to, and the offense has continued to make less and less mistakes over these last couple games, showing more promise. Especially from especially from their receiving core, who has gotten a lot of flack over the last couple of years. They've been making plays. They've been making Wilson's job a little easier. And then ever since that Utah game, people were upset 
about Tyson Williams not touching the ball as much. These last few games, he's touched the ball 20 or more times combined between receiving and rushing, and it's resulted in two wins. So they're finally starting to find a balance, um, which is, I think is going to really help them a lot against kind of some lesser opponents when they get to that point, and it's going to continue to give them that momentum they need over these next couple tough games. Yeah. Um, so a few points on BYU. Um, it's like we said, it's like I've been saying since the Utah loss. BYU's not a bad team this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're great. No. I don't think that they're the best team in the state, as Twitter has dictated in the last few days. Listen here, dum-dums. Okay, I'm going to break it down for you. For all of those Twitter users that I've seen touting BYU as the best football team in the state, got to break this down. A, you lost to Utah. Utah was a lot better than BYU. B, you beat Tennessee, which is a lower-tier SEC team. They are still an SEC team, but they are a lower-tier. Mm-hmm. C, you beat a USC team that beat Stanford, yes, without their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Tennessee and USC aren't great teams. They're good teams. They're not great teams. Um, it... It, I don't know. I don't know why it frustrates me so much because it's like I've said on the podcast. It's like I've said to Tanner in personal conversation. I want to like BYU football when they don't play Utah. Yeah. And their fans the make fans it so out. hard because I'm telling you right now, you're the second best team in the state. Yeah. You beat Tennessee and USC. Good for you. However, decent teams, mm-hmm. not great teams. Um, not only that. Um, there's also been like this weird fan thing going on, which I guess we'll get more to into it when we get into the Utah football schedule, where for some reason, if Utah loses this week to USC, which I don't think that they will somehow that makes BYU better than Utah at this point, which actually doesn't make sense, which I'll break that down a little bit before further going, but good win at Lavelle Edwards stadium. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how I feel about the field storm. I guess I, I guess it doesn't bother me that much. It does I mean when you break it down, BYU fans are already easy to make fun of, right? They're so easy to make fun but, of. But like I like the, some of the things I pointed out before, they don't see a lot of this the last couple of years. It's new to these people. I mean a lot of these fans like the, like especially the freshmen and and some of the younger high school kids that get into the student section and stuff. They don't really remember BYU ever ever winning a whole lot, you know? So I guess you can kind of justify it. The part that I didn't want justified was that they played We Are the Champions after. You weren't there, but oh. I told you about that. I told you about that. So that was a little too much. But, I mean, overall, the, the, the fan storming, that happens from time to time, especially when, you know, like I said, you don't they don't see that at home often at all. And another thing that wasn't talked about, I didn't find this out until yesterday or two days ago, but apparently two unranked teams played each other in Virginia and Florida State, which isn't even a rivalry. And it was played at Virginia, and Virginia fans stormed the field after they beat a very bad Florida State team. And that was that was a little looked over this that's weekend. Wor- that's worse than BYU. It is. That's way worse than BYU. It is, especially when it's two ACC Power 5 teams. So I wanted to point that out. So I guess, okay, I guess they helped. I guess good they helped point. BYU not look as bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, Tanner. It's like I said. I wanted BYU to win that game. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand the touting of this is the best football team we've had in so long. Yeah. I mean... Yet. Yet. Yeah. I think that... Just just be a little bit patient. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, I think just keep in mind that keep in mind BYU fans how you felt right after the Utah game. Oh yeah, they thought the season was over. They thought it was done. That's how good Utah was against and, BYU. And you, as a non-BYU fan, were even like, why? You still have plenty of games you can win. Yeah, and I, I totally said, they're going to go down to Tennessee and they're going to win. Exactly. I totally said that. And with the USC game, I was like, BYU could win that game. Mostly because I think USC's decent. I don't think that they're great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like traditionally, you usually rush the field if you beat like a number four. Mm-hmm. If USC would have been ranked in the top 15... I see the field rush. Even top 20, I see the field rush. It's just that borderline 20 to 25. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of strange. But And another thing is, like, that's a very in-the-moment thing. Like, once they decide to go, everyone else is going to go. However, the point that I have made to Tanner is, now you can't rush the field this Saturday if you win, though. Yeah, that's tough. You can't do it two weeks in a row. That's weird. Yeah. That's just strange. And as somebody pointed out to me, of course, you're not going to plan when you're going to rush the field. However, it would be kind of cringy if they did. But moving forward to their matchup this Saturday, they do have the Huskies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be doing the throwback uniforms. They're going to yeah. be doing the all-white with the Yale Y um, that they weren't allowed to use uh, after a while. I guess they're bringing it back. They've kind of edited it a little bit, yeah. so it looks more like BYU. Um, I think the uniforms look good. I think the field looks good. Um, however, I think Washington looks better. Mm-hmm. Um See, originally, BYU fans, this is what you do to me. Originally, I'd be like, do you know what? I think BYU might win this game. I don't think BYU's going to win this game. Um, I think Washington's defense is too good. Um, I know that Washington's offense isn't great, but their defense is really, really good. Uh, They had a really good game last week. I think they played... They played Hawaii at home, yeah. And Hawaii's already beaten two Pac-12 teams this year, so... I mean, it wasn't a relatively inferior opponent. But. No, and they and they kicked the crap out of Hawaii. I mean, they absolutely destroyed them. And I think that Washington now realizes with their one loss against Cal, which was a weird rain delay game that was played at like 12 in the morning. Yeah. Um, just a really strange game. Um, I think Washington's rolling and ready to go now. And I just, I, I like BYU. I think that they're a good team. I just don't think they're as good as Washington this yeah. year. And I mean, and and the, the bright spot is, is I don't see this game being anywhere near last year's game was where BYU went up to Seattle. I believe the final score was like 35 to seven. Yeah. Um, I think BYU will be able to at least keep it close for a little bit, kind of like the Utah game. But I, I can definitely see Washington pulling away and kind of figuring it out in the second half. Washington plays a similar style to Utah because their defense is so good. They play a conservative offense. Mm-hmm. So B, uh, UW's probably going to go try a, to get up by two scores, play conservative. Um, I do think BYU is better this year than they are last year by far. Mm-hmm. So, and I, they've also got more momentum now. Um, a lot of people are choosing BYU in this upset. I think maybe traditionally I would, uh, but because I feel like uh, they need to be put in their place a little bit, I feel like they need to lose this game just so I can have a little bit of, a little bit of just I don't know peace, peace in my heart a little bit. Yeah. Moving forward, Utah football. They played the mighty Bengals of Idaho State this last week. Um, they were up, I think, 35 to nothing at halftime or something close to that. Yeah. Uh, they beat them pretty easily. There's not really much to talk about with that game. Uh, the main matchup to talk about is their matchup with USC on the road this weekend. They're going to be playing on Friday night in the Coliseum. A few factoids. Um, Utah has never won in the Coliseum, uh, ever. Yeah. They've never won. Makes me nervous. Makes me very nervous. And here's why. 
In terms of if I was a betting man, if I were looking to bet on a game this weekend for an upset, this might be one to bet on. The reasoning being football is very superstitious. Like I said, the youths have never won there. Also, with USC's loss against BYU, it totally puts them in a position where they need to win this game, especially opening up Pac-12 play against the top opponent in the Pac-12 right now. USC is going to be prepared to put it all out on the line to win this game. Um, Utah has looked really good, but they haven't, I don't think, played anybody. Well, I guess they've played BYU, who's better than USC, as we saw. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they've played anybody in this type of situation yet where it's a lot on the line. Yeah. Um, I do think Utah wins this game. The main factors being... Uh, Utah's defense is really good. USC's offensive line couldn't even handle BYU's defensive line. And Utah's defensive line is better than BYU's defensive line. Um, I think the other thing, too, is that they have Zach Moss, and I think that he's just really good. Um, And and Huntley's played really well. He's got one of the top QBRs in the entire country. Uh, He's, I think, ready to go. I think Utah wins this game. I think it's going to be close. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, too, is I could easily see this being an upset game for USC, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be taken out off my feet. Yeah. I would I I would I would be upset, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised. Um just because being a Utah football fan, around week three and four and five, I have to get really nervous because we usually drop a game. This could easily be the game drop. Um but I think they win. Yeah, I think I think they win a close game, like you said, uh, for the first time ever in the Coliseum. And uh, I mean, really, it's, it kind of seems like a game that both teams need to win in a sense because you look at Utah's schedule the rest of the way. Their toughest games are probably Washington State and Washington. And I mean, Cal both, might end up being tougher than we thought too. Yeah. And so you don't want this to end up being a tough game. And I, I feel like this is a game that they really want to win just as much as USC does. So I agree, it'll be a hard fought win. I, I think that Utah will come out on top. And kind of just going back to when you were kind of just making fun of people on Twitter um, about how people saying that BYU is the best team in the state of Utah now. I think one of the reasons they they like to be doing that right now is because for some reason BYU has played kind of like more above average talent in the last couple of weeks. And they just they just like to be the what have you done for me now kind of recency bias. And so like I, I just want to make you feel better. That's going to go away. That's going to go away soon. Um, once Utah gets more into Pac-12 play, we better hope. Uh, yeah, because even I won't like that. Because, because I just right now at this point, I just want to be known. I just want BYU to be known as better than Utah State. Tanner, you know for a fact, though, you know for a fact that even if BYU gets their butt kicked this Saturday, if Utah loses on Friday, mm-hmm. then BYU fans are going to be like, well, due to the transition exactly. of games policy, <laughs> because we beat USG and you lost, we're better now, and it's like. No, that's actually not how college football works, but you know that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, even though BYU did have the advantage of playing at home. And you just got to block it out. You just got to block it It'll out. It'll go away. I just got to not get mad. Yeah. I got to focus on not getting angry. Most BYU football fans are fine. It's just a small minority. That make it loud. Just like any fan base. Just <laughs> like any fan base. All right. Our favorite team. The Aggies of Utah State. Uh, so they took a break this last week. Um, took a much needed rest. 
before taking on their first conference foe, San Diego State, on the road. In San Diego. Yeah. So San Diego State has, they've looked all right. I mean, they beat a really poor UCLA team already this year. Um, they have a balanced team. Is uh, uh, kind of Mountain West speaking. Uh, I don't know how tough of a game it's going to be for Utah State, but this is definitely a game that they should win, and we pointed that out when we broke down the schedules a couple episodes ago. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, if San, if uh, Utah State's going to be the team that they tout to be, that they do need to win this game. Um, Utah State really struggled in their first game. They got in a they got kind of got in a gunfight a little bit at the end of the game, back and forth, uh, score for score. Utah State's defense didn't look particularly impressive. Um, I don't. I don't really know much about the dynamic of San Diego State this year. I know that they've they're undefeated at this point. They're three and zero. They haven't really played anybody of super big note. Did you say they played UCLA? Yeah, they played UCLA for like the first game. Yeah, I think UCLA is zero and three. Yeah, so. UCLA is really bad this year. Um, Utah State should win. Um, they got to start. They have to start their conference play now, and they need to start by winning, uh, especially. If they want Jordan Love to still be touted, I mean that took away that first loss took away so much momentum from their season mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, they lost to Wake Forest and yeah. people kind of just, I think, forgot about Jordan Love and forgot about Utah State altogether. Um, I don't know. I think that they've got some big matchups these upcoming weeks. I think that uh, especially LSU is going to be huge. BYU is going to be big, and then of course Boise State. But this kind of gets things kicked kick-started I mean they need to look good in this game and they need to look like they're dominant in order to give us the appearance that they are still competing to be in the top 25 Mm -hmm. and to be in the college football landscape because at this point I don't think that they've proven that they're as good as they are last year yeah thus far they haven't and uh, I mean they need to go out and win this game especially because they have that non-conference game that they decided to schedule at the beginning of October in LSU and LSU has looked fantastic over these last couple of weeks. They've looked like a college football playoff team. Yes. I mean, they look better than, I mean, other than Alabama and Clemson. They've looked better than Georgia. They they've looked, looked better, better than, than Oklahoma, I yeah. think. And especially because they've played a big non-conference game. They went to Texas and they beat Texas by a couple scores. So that's not going to be an easy game. And if you want that game to be any easier, you need to come out and come out firing in these next couple games. So we'll see how they play. We'll see how it goes. So overall, uh, my predictions, I think, I think BYU is losing this weekend. Um, to be honest, I could easily see them kind of getting blown out a little bit. Um, I just think, I think that there's a big talent gap between Washington and BYU. Um, Utah, they're going to win. It's going to be close. Utah State, I think they're going to win as well. I think they're yeah. going to win that game at San Diego State. All righty. Well, Final stretch, final segment. Uh, kind of more half of a political issue, half of an athletic issue, kind of in this one. Um, actually going to be writing a column on this soon enough for the UV review, but California is looking to get their college athlete fair pay bill passed. Um, initially, when I heard about this bill, I was like, oh, so colleges are going to be required to play their players. It's actually not the case. Athletes will actually just only be allowed to sign endorsements and hire agents. Yeah. Overall thoughts, Tanner. What do you think this does? Um, I think in the sense of that, I think it's awesome that college athletes in California are going to be able to possibly make money off their likeness. Um, but the part that gets kind of murky is hiring an agent 
because we've seen what that's kind of done in the past to certain players and and what that can do. So as far as that goes, I hope that that kind of gets figured out to make it so that can be, you know, 100% legit and legal. Um, But as far as any other way, you know, signing endorsements and things like that, I think that's great. Um, And another thing that actually came out this morning, I don't know if you saw it about New York, is the New York Senate has uh, put out a bill to uh, essentially make all the universities in New York, by the end of the year from all the revenue generated, pay student athletes 15% um, of what they of what they acquired, so that's even crazier than this, and that came out just this morning. So two completely different sides of the ball here, where you have athletes who aren't going to be paid directly by the university, and then you have a bill across the pond on the East Coast where you have uh, the state wanting the universities to directly pay these student athletes and divvy it up between each sport. I think that's a little harder, especially with only fifteen percent especially when you don't have a lot of universities in New York that are in Power 5 conferences. The one I can think of is off the top of my head is just Syracuse um, in the ACC. And and so I think that'll be a little difficult, but I think they put that out there just to be like, okay, what are these other, like, what, what, are, the, what are these other states' moves now? Because they saw what California did and they said, okay, well, we're going to up the ante and you can't get paid outside of us, but we're going to pay you. So it's going to be interesting to see how these two play out against one another and on their on their own. Yeah, um, I think the California bill is completely fair. I've yeah. been I've been vying for that for years. Why college athletes aren't allowed to sign endorsement deals and have agents that manage their money? Um, I feel like is that's completely fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that should have been done years ago because there's no reason as a college athlete why you shouldn't be able to make money off your likeness. Mm-hmm. If people want you to sign autographs and they want they want some part of your legacy then you should be able to get paid for that. There's no reason that you shouldn't be able to do that. I feel like that that's ridiculous. However, I think where it does get conflicting is when universities actually are doing what those New York universities are considering, which is paying a percentage. The reason I think that that gets concerning is that it's going to create a recruiting disparagement where schools like Alabama, who make millions and millions of dollars, right? If you're getting paid 15% off of your revenue as a player, yeah. you're going to make more at Alabama than you do somewhere like BYU yeah. or Utah, I think it would have a really negative effect. I mean, you pull it into the UVU perspective. I don't know what their athletics make annually. I mean, I'm sure I could pull up a report, but it's not going to be nearly close to 15% of what uh, Alabama makes in their athletics. Um, I think Mike Leach kind of had a similar opinion on the California bill. He thinks it's going to create a complete uh, recruiting gap between California and all the other states, which why I feel is like the NCAA should pass that policy overall for every program i think any any player in any state at any school should be able to make money off their likeness i don't understand why they shouldn't be able to um so the other one in new york's a little bit trickier Mm -hmm. i think that that one creates a concern on whether the ncaa can survive if that's the policy that's going to go forward um i feel like if every because I, I know that players already have stipends. Yeah. One of the things that I've already vied for is that their stipend should be upped, yeah. right? I feel like that they should be upped anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how you do that in relation to the percentage of the money that the school brings in from the programs. It just completely depends. So interesting stuff, though. I feel like there's going to be some progress made in that in the next few years because I feel like it's been such a big issue for so yeah. long. And And I can't remember off the top of my head, but the California one can't be passed until is it the beginning of next year 
Yeah, and I think also the governor has to sign off on it okay. or something like that. Um, and I think it has to get moved forward to the next stage. Okay. Um, I think it has to get moved forward to the legality part of it, go right. through the legal process. So um be interesting to see. Anyways, well, that's going to do it for us here for the Quickfire Podcast, a UVU, the UVU review more specifically. I had a great time today, Tanner. Uh, we'll see how college football goes this weekend. Uh, hoping all of our in-state schools can get a win, every single one of them. Yep. From the bottom of my heart, hope that happens. Uh, <laughs> and I hope things are going well for all of our listeners at home, all their athletic yeah, and if- if you guys have endearings any, yeah and if you guys have any suggestions or any you know segments you want us to start up please reach out to what's what's the what's the best way to reach out to us andrew andrew career at gmail.com it's simple yep it's my name um yeah if you want to just have me lose my mind over stuff that happens a lot too i need to start controlling my anger a little bit more i think i need to be a little bit more light uh, it's been it's been it's been toned down so far yeah i feel like i've toned it down for sure um Anyways, other than that, everyone have a great weekend of college football. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Love you guys. By the way, who in the sound booth was like, this is appropriate? I don't know. I I would like to know, too. They also transitioned to all I do is win by DJ Khaled after, too. I don't know if I told you yeah. that. But. All you do is win unless it's against Utah, apparently. <laughs> I guess. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Okay. See you guys. See you guys.